We find ourselves in Philippians chapter 2 today. Join us for a look at the exaltation of the humble Jesus on Truth For Today. Humbleness is not something that we are born with. Actually, it is pride, self-centeredness. That's where we find ourselves starting out anyway. It is only through a work of Jesus Christ that we can actually bring on this humbleness that He examples for us. Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. We continue a message taken out of Philippians chapter 2, the exaltation of the humble Jesus. Won't you join us? For today's broadcast of Truth For Today, here's our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. Watch this. And every tongue will confess, now I believe this is the name, that Jesus Christ, the one you know as Jesus, Mary's boy, who was the Messiah, Christ, he is Lord. He was never called Lord on the earth. The Father knew it all the time. But I'm bestowing on you the title that I want you to be known as, as Lord. Now, what's astounding about this is the name Lord is a Greek word, kyrios. And that was used of the pantheon of uh, Greece and Rome. Their gods were named kyrios. By the way, the name of their emperor was Lord. You remember one Caesar Augustine? You know what the Augustine comes from? Caesar the August one. Are you impressed? August one. And so they put, they put all kinds of God titles. Matter of fact, in the first century church, the only way you could save your life if you were captured many times is the common thing was burn incense to the emperor and say this is unto the gods. And many of our brothers and sisters died because they couldn't burn incense to a beer man and call him God. They said, we have no other Lord but Christ. Oh, no, 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 no. You just got to be one of many religions. No, there's only one Lord to us. And that name came to be Master. It was used of being deity. To be a Christian, you must confess he is Lord. Believe in your heart that the Lord raised him from the dead. Confess with the mouth that he is Lord. He, he's not Johnny come lately. He's Lord. He's creator God. He, he's entitled to be above every name. And so they will confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Now, they, watch. You mean the criminal? The criminal of Golgotha, the, the sweating prayer, desperate man in Gethsemane, the bastard son of Mary, as he was called, he shall be called Lord. Every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Every Stalin, Haman, Hitler, line up. He is Lord, and the Father has determined all of every demon that follows Satan in his rebellion against God. You will bow, and you will confess, He is Lord. He is the true and the living God. History will end with God's vindication of His Son. 
This is no illegitimate boy loose on the streets of Palestine. This is the Creator God. And you know whether you've ever put faith in Jesus Christ or not? Someday you will, but it will be too late. For at the white throne judgment, when he brings all the unbelieving world, uh, the brilliant uh, philosophers that said he's not God, just the pagan rowdies that he's not God, he's not God, he's not God. At the white throne judgment, God has commissioned all judgment to come through his son. The Father won't judge you in the last days, but God the Son will be. Your judge on the final day will be the Son. The Father's committed all judgment to him. And he'll say, I understand here in the books that uh, you learn to deny my existence in your, oh, sophomore year of college. I hear that some Ph.D. talked you out of my existence. Well, he's standing next to you, and you're both going to make a confession you never thought you could make. I am Lord. I am God. I'm in charge. There's nobody holding court but me. And you will bow, and you will confess, but you will not become a Christian, for then it's too late. And also, dear believer, are you aware of the fact that every child of God here and throughout history and the world, turn with me, if you will, to Romans 14. Romans 14. And we look at a... I just have to read the passage for you to pick it up. And, and do any of you ever mark your Bible? If it's a pew Bible, go ahead. We won't charge you. Uh, I want you to just circle the word Lord as we go through the, the passage. Lord, okay? Now watch this. We'll pick up verse 5. The believers are they're having disputes among them over some believers can do one thing, another believer's cannot do this. Some believers can drink wine. Others, oh, it's a no, no, you can't. And so, those kind of issues. Some, you go to a movie. Some, uh, some you can't. I, I grew up, we couldn't do anything. If God caught you smiling, they'd make another rule. You, you know, so you, you never smiled at anything. You just, because we were serious. I mean, it's prayer meetings and revivals and prayer meetings, but you just didn't you just didn't do a lot. Of, couldn't get in trouble. We couldn't go bowling because they smoked down there, you know. It, it was a little bit different today. Uh, one person esteems one day as better than another. And this was, of course, the Hebrews. And then the Greeks had their holiday. While another esteems all days alike, kind of like America. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. Now watch. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Do you eat in honor of the Lord? You might think of that. And, and don't be a pig. Since he gives thanks to God... While the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord. Uh, the, 
If you had a kosher diet, there were certain things you couldn't eat. Okay, as long as you can give thanks. And give thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself. And none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord, master, in charge, both of the dead and of the living. Christ is exercising authority over the dead ones as well as the living. So that even those in the grave now shall worship him. They shall bow to him, confess him. There's nothing that is not under his control. Now watch. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? That's kind of an indoor sport with a lot of people, isn't it? Always judging other people. Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. Do you like to judge? Well, you know what? God's got a special day for you. He's going to judge you. And he's going to judge you the way you judged others. Romans 2 said that. By whatever judgment you judge, you'll be judged. Now, isn't it something when it's our fault, we want mercy? Kind of like the woman who told the photographer, do me justice. And he said, you need mercy. <laughs> you, you know, you, you really need mercy, honey. Uh, you, you want to cut you slack, cut you slack. But when we're critical of others, like I really, uh, have you ever seen people that you're critical of a guy's driving as you pass him? He's going too fast. You said that as you passed. <laughs> for we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me. And every tongue confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Uh, that is... Uh, an awesome thought. I mean, let's just, let's just imagine here. Unsaved man has no answer, has no defender in that day. But here he's talking to believers that we will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ and he's going to evaluate us by our motive, by uh, our behavior, uh, he knows if you're racist. He knows if you're soberness. He knows. Uh, uh, he knows. All, he knows how you interpret the data. He knows how you interpret women. He knows how you interpret ethnicity. He knows how you view money. Money's all for you. You wouldn't feed a poor boy. What? I mean, all of that. Come on. Everything of your insides out, you're going to come before him, and uh, I'm going to judge your motives. And we're told not to judge motives. You can judge my behavior, but you don't have the authority to judge my motives. 
1 Corinthians 4, that is in God's hands, chapter 4, 1 through 5. We only judge conduct. Quit judging motive. You'll stay busy enough trying to figure out how people act, let alone why. Now, I tell you, do you think, let's, let's just ask ourselves, we're believers. Do you think any proud believers will come before him? Or any people that uh, see themselves as better than others? See, pride is never content to be good. It always has to be better. And so that according to Romans, pride always underestimates those around you. You've always got to be better. Would it surprise you that you might be just average? How, how would you settle on that? Average. I often say I never see a sticker, I'm the proud parent of a C student. <laughs> well, man, I hope for that. On, I'm kind of like Irma Bombay. She said she cried when their kids passed the eye test. Are you average? Are you super? So what if you were average? Would that be okay? What do you think of yourself? What do you think of others? And then how do you think Christ carried himself? And do we carry ourselves this way? I can't tell you how many uh, men in the preaching vocation have become statistics of has-beens because we get to believing our own press reports. We think we're better than we are. You get a gracious congregation like you that have stood with me 45 years. I must be somebody. No, no, oh, I could do it that way. Or just say, he's gracious, but my goal my goal is to model Christ. And if I model Christ, am I a strutter? Am I a reverend? Or am I a servant? And you don't know that. But he, Jesus, and I are going to talk about my motives. When I was young, I prayed, keep me straight on morals. I was only 15. I started preaching. And it's torture to be a young, saved Christian boy in Richmond and San Pablo. Nobody was being pure in my neighborhood. And they was trying to get me through the Holy Ghost. Talking in tongues was easy. It was keeping your pants zipped that was hard. Right. That's really took the Holy Ghost. Sure enough. And then motives. Because my dad despised so many preachers because they were cocky. And he always warned me about cocky preachers. Then uh, money. And in those days, I sure wasn't being tempted with money. I, I borrowed money in gas stations to go preach for youth groups as a boy and then never give me enough money to pay bridge toll. I pulled in the gas station. But in those days, bridge toll was 50 cents. I said, Lord, I don't want to love it. I need it. 
but I don't want to sell out for money. And I knew a lot of preachers were always talking money. Money. Why am I here today? Have I broken my covenant that I preach for nothing? Or am I for sale? This church has overwhelmingly treated me. I could almost be embarrassed that you've been so kind. It only keeps me greatly indebted to pass on God's goodness. How has he been to you? And when you stand before him and he asks you, why did you do? For if I offer my body to be burned and I'm not motivated by love, it's wasted effort. You were just making a show. If I should give up all my goods for a show, for display, you see, the motives of the heart are so sacred, so deep. It would be like uh, you don't know the deepest love and respect I have for this Christian woman I married as a boy. You don't know. Oh, it's just too deep. You just don't know. So we have this exalted Christ raised from the dead ascended back to heaven, seated at the Father's right hand, going to come again in glory and power. And God is saying, I'll have the final word. You will never go so low, but what I won't take account of it. I'll take care of the promotion. You take care of the stooping. Wear the towel, do the stooping, and even in this life, in this life, you should never be paid well. Treat it with respect. He said, if I took care of my son, I'll take care of you. The way of Christ is that of humility. Would you sign up if you had to wait till heaven to get your reward? Would it be worth it? And pray we get sound equipment. Is it all right? Okay, yeah. Wait, why did you sign up? Why don't you serve? Is it you're too, you're too important to serve? I never forget when we were uh, up at the uh, Garrison School. When we were there, we were going to renovate that building. We were going to buy it. The school district let us stay there. They only let us lease it. But it was with the option to buy. Then they decided to reactivate it. We wound up in this dumpy theater in Rodale. But when we were there, I went by. Come on, Tim, fix me, would you? Just a moment. We hired him to do this. Got me? Right there. Make it, make it stick. Good. That's a hint for me to stop. The sound men worked that out. I'll deal with you later, Steve. Um, is that when we were out there, we were recarpeting, painting. And I went to, uh, I think it was the men's bathroom. And there on her knees was Ruth Fox cleaning out the men's toilets. The Foxes were the wealthiest people in our church worth millions, but I'd never seen a woman that was so willing to stoop. 
so willing to stoop. And now she's in a senior's home in Marin and waiting for the Lord to call her in Elton home. You're no greater than how much you're willing to stoop in this kingdom. That's why degrees and titles are worthless in the household of faith. It's the degree to which you would serve a brother or a sister and give up your own fame because we live for one name, and that's Jesus, the name above every name. That at his name, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, and I hope us poor preachers will be there. I just want to be there and hear him say, you actually did some things in life for my glory and not for your self-centeredness. Oh, how much of life has been spent for self? How much have you been willing to spend for him? And if you do it for him, I'll say this in closing. I'm done. We were talking one day, Larry and Tim and I, we were talking, and, and Larry brought up this point. He said, uh, how, how can you feel close to God? How can you get close to God? He said, the Bible says get close, but he said, I'm a married man. He said, I can touch my wife. I, I can embrace her. I, I know she's present. She's close. I can get my hands on her. But he said, sometimes I say to Jesus, you're not tangible. I can't get my hands on you. How can I get close to him? I said, probably the closest you'll ever get is get next to somebody that's indwelt by him. It's called your brother and your sister. I feel the closest to Jesus when I'm with someone that loves him. That's the closest I'll get until I see him face to face. Dear brother, dear sister, when I see Jesus in you, it makes me homesick for heaven. That's why I miss my dad and miss my old sister. I saw so much Jesus in them. Drove me to 15th and Cutting every day, every Sunday for church, for prayer meeting on Thursday night. I saw Jesus. My sister, making $5,000 a year, would get poor white kids and black kids on the south side. She'd get us to the zoo. She got us to San Francisco. White trash and black kids in the 50s weren't supposed to be at the zoo. But a girl that poured herself out, she has to wait till she dies to get her reward. But I'll stand with her around the throne someday, and you can be sure the Lord will take care of the rewards. If you stoop, you go low, he'll take care of how high he'll get you. It's so good to have you. I just pray that you'll celebrate, maybe have a wonderful time of praying this New Year's Eve. Don't keep any Jack Daniels, pour him down the drain. And uh, just celebrate that you know Christ and that you want to give him the rest of what's left for the rest of your life. Our Father, we thank you that we're privileged to serve the exalted, humbled Christ. He is the attraction. I know we're not the best church, don't have the best preacher, don't have the best this, best that. But we do have the best Savior the best gospel, the best father, the best promises, the best there is, it's all in you. You are our best. Be magnified in our body until we see you face to face. 
Amen. And that brings us to the end of our time today here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Closing out our program, I'd like to leave you with our contact information, especially in light of the fact that this is a listener-supported ministry. And as you contact us, not only with prayer support, but financial support as well, we're able to continue the ministry, not just on Sundays, but Monday through Friday as well here on KFAX. Please prayerfully consider that as you contact us today with your gift, 855 855- 833-9864 is our phone number. Again, that's 855-833-9864. Or write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And another way to contact us, probably the easiest, is through our website, valleybible.org. It's there that you can even take advantage of our secure online donations. You can also take advantage of the many resource materials we have available for your growth and walk in Christ. Again, valleybible.org. It's there that we also have a bit more information about who we are and what we believe and directions if you would like to join us for worship. Service times are at 9 and 11 this morning, and we'd love to see you face-to-face. And don't forget, as you partner with us financially and become a TFT sustainer, you'll receive a quarterly newsletter, a -a once-a-year special gift, along with access to Take a Break, which is the weekly devotional video by Pastor Phil. Find out more at valleybible.org or call 855-833-9864, and then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. 